0: So the amount of knowledge that the NIH has on what's going on with the COVID vaccine injuries is very intimate. It's very detailed. Yet what the public is being told about this is that the vaccines are safe. Period. There's no asterisk. There's no subtext to that. There's no the vaccines are safe. Oh, but by the way, we've been flying people out for the last year and a half, two years Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another
1: episode of the Fortify podcast, where our goal is to talk about all things that are hopefully fortifying to you and to your local community. Hey, 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 everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And I just want to say this is an edit to the podcast that I released two days ago. Uh, And so there were things that I realized I missed. And so I've made a few edits, and those edits are in this episode. And very quickly, let me just say what I'm doing here. Well, first of all, let me say that people could look at that headline and go, oh, the horror and tragedy, and that's kind of extreme. Well, actually, no, I think after you listen to this episode, you're going to be, well, we should all be saying, oh my goodness, that is horrifying what's happening. And if you're not saying that, I I just, I don't know how people could not say that. And um, I continue to just to be in utter dismay how how this is happening. And so I'm doing two things in this interview, or in this podcast. The first thing I'm going to do is play a clips from an interview that Bree Dressen did and if you've never listened before Bree Dressen is a friend of mine who is the co-founder of React 19 which is the largest organization in the world that is helping the vaccine the covid vaccine injured she was in the uh, covid vaccine clinical trials she was gravely injured and she has worked directly with the heads of the CDC the NIH in the FDA. So this is basically firsthand information. So there can be no question about what's happening and everything can be documented. I've even reached out to journalists in my area saying, and doctors saying, hey, you want to interview her? You want to get a firsthand report um, from Janet Woodcock and Peter Marks and Rochelle Wolinsky? What's going on? I mean, because Bree has worked with these people. And um, then secondly, I'm going to play clips from last week's Burback meeting where the, the FDA approved the next COVID vaccine, the one I guess they're going to use from now on. But unbelievably, they approved it after hearing some of the most devastating, tragic testimony that they listened to all of this and still just approved 100%. I think will blow your mind, and there are, I've got a whole, I've got a whole phone full of files of just many, many, many more testimonies, just like the ones you're going to hear, that were given before the some of the boosters before the childhood vaccination, and you, you should be thinking after you hear this, how in the world did they hear all this? How come the rest of us aren't hearing about it? Why is this all being hidden? And those are good questions. Let's just begin with Bree's uh, interview. This is someone who's been involved with this for the last several years and knows intricately everything that has happened with the FDA, the NIH, the CDC.
0: So they, they studied us. They, um, they went so far as to collect samples from someone who had died um, So, the amount of knowledge that the NIH has on what's going on with the COVID vaccine injuries is very intimate. It's very detailed. Yet, what the public is being told about this is that the vaccines are safe. Period. There's no asterisk, there's no subtext to that. There's no, the vaccines are safe. Oh, but by the way, we've been flying people out for the last year and a half, two years and we're finding clues that could probably help these people get better but we're not going to tell you guys what those are. We're just going to we're just going to keep it secret.
1: That should be absolutely shocking to anybody who just listened to that. And here's more.
0: So the NIH knows, the FDA also knows this, right? They know that there's this very crucial piece to the puzzle to keeping people from becoming chronic, but they're not telling or informing medical professionals of, of the necessity of early intervention. And so what's happened is people, instead of learning from my case in the clinical trial, right? learning from Maddie to Gary, learning from Olivia Tessinar, who was injured in the Moderna clinical trial, um, this information has all been hidden, swept under the rug, and minimized. Instead of taking these cases, investigating them appropriately, collecting the data, and then using that information to help those that are like us who came after us from becoming chronic and severe as we are. Again,
1: React 19 was created for the injured because the government wasn't doing its job. So the injured had to get together and create an organization by themselves. Make sure you check out the video that I'll have in the show notes and a link to that organization.
0: But what blows my mind is that we funneled literally hundreds of patients to the NIH to be studied and evaluated and helped. But it wasn't just for the hundreds, right? It wasn't just for a select few. The whole reason we were doing that is because we were promised that they would take that information, they would process it, and then they would disclose it to the public. We didn't go for ourselves. We went for the tens of thousands of others that were like us that needed similar care.
1: In this clip, Bree's talking about how, okay, so she was one of the lucky ones that was picked to get some help from the NIH, but then there were all these other people who were not picked, and the NIH was saying, oh, there's nothing going on here. We're not doing any research. It's,
0: it's utterly shocking. The same interventions, they deserve the same compassion, and they were not afforded that. And they weren't afforded that because people that do stayed silent. Why? That's a good question. So what's the reason for that, right? Is it because they don't want to perpetuate vaccine hesitancy? Is it because they're getting millions of dollars in royalties from Moderna? Is it, you know, is it more nuanced than that? Is it really just because someone told them that they need to shut up? I'm not entirely sure why, but I understand that it was not right for the American public to know or to not be informed. Everybody in this country deserves to know the full risks and benefits of the COVID vaccines. It's that simple. Every single American should be able to make a full informed decision, not based on fear, not based on promises, right, but informed by data, Absolutely.
1: And if you're listening to this, I guarantee you, you did not receive informed consent, regardless, regardless of how, what you feel the science is on this vaccine, you did not receive informed consent.
0: Obviously, if there was an extreme issue with COVID vaccines, that would shift policy, which at the time, the policy was you get your shot, and you sit down, you shut up, right? There was no middle ground for there. There was no well, what, what could increase you know, the likelihood of, of having a severe adverse reaction? And who had to figure that out? We did. We had to figure that out on our own. We went through all of our injured individuals and we asked them what you know, pre-existing conditions they had. Um, that's something the government should be doing. You know, that's something that should be backed by pharmaceutical dollars. right? We shouldn't be having to figure that out. The taxpayers shouldn't have to be figuring that out but it also blows my mind that the taxpayers financed for the development of this product, right? Taxpayers financed promoting this product and the taxpayers ultimately are going to have to pay for the aftermath of the failure of this product because the drug companies are liability free.
1: Okay. The next clip I'm going to play of Bree. She's going to be talking about CDC deputy director, Tom Shimbakuro. So he is someone who, at the hearing, he said that they know that these reactions are happening and they're following up on them. However, as Bree will say, this is what happened. This was Tom's response to someone who who was injured by the vaccine, brought the data and his response in an email to a CDC employee, employee who said, Hey, uh, here's this information. His response was thank him for his email and cut him off. This is on my Facebook and on Instagram. I'll put it in again in, in the, um, uh, the fortify post I'm going to do, but that is the, um, Context to which Bria is talking here.
0: Yes, and a fellow injured, Robert Edmonds. He's an injured scientist. He actually reached out to Tom Sumbakuru, who's um, the basically the head of the vaccine program at the CDC, and he reached out to him and identified tinnitus as a safety signal. He said, "Look, this is a problem. You know, I found the data." He was very objective, very calm, and calculated with with how he presented the information, and Tom brushed it aside. The CDC didn't want to hear from this individual who was suffering from this issue firsthand and also had identified the safety signal. Instead, what they did is they did everything they could to hide him and hide the information that he was bringing. And then in addition, the CDC furthermore went and investigated for tinnitus itself, found a very strong signal, and hid that as well. And that's just one example of the 500.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here Brie talks about once again. If you've watched any of my videos, you've seen all the pleas that show we've we begged and we pleaded for the FDA and the CDC and the NIH to acknowledge these responses, these reactions, but they've declined. And here is Bree discussing that further.
0: Just like we've said before, we pounded down those doors to gain access to those those officials that were responsible for disclosing reactions to the public. They said, we've looked and looked and looked. We've really looked for adverse events and we just can't find them. And then, come to find out, Zach Stieber was able to show and access the records that show that that's not true and that we were all lied to. And in fact, they found 500 more safety signals that they should have disclosed to the public, not just a few. And in those 500 issues, those 500 signals, there's all of the issues that COVID vaccine injuries reflect, right? You've got dysautonomia, POTS, tinnitus, paresthesias, facial and trigeminal issues, which who would have thought that this could be such a debilitating issue to have these nerves destroyed, but they're debilitating. You know, the government has not been transparent. They have not disclosed any of this to the public. And in reality, in doing so. It's hidden us, it's, it's kept us from public view. Um, the media repeatedly has told us that they can't report on COVID vaccine injuries. We have this on record. I mean, so if the media is controlled, corporate media is controlled and whoever is controlling them, whatever, and the government's controlling the information and the flow of information, and the drug companies can control the flow of information because they're a private entity. It's obviously it's wrong and it's corrupt and it's, it's evil. You know, and that's one thing that COVID has done is it's, it hasn't exposed, you know, really what COVID has done is is it's exposed evil, right? It's it's brought evil to the surface wherever it's been hiding. Um, And this is one of those cases, you know, it's, you have real people that are dealing with a real disease and instead of addressing the issue, because the people responsible, the drug companies, um, they're absolved from being able to, or being obligated to fix the problems with their drug, then the cheapest way to take care of the issue is to dispose of the people, right? To erase them, erase their voices. The sad thing is, is we've seen this time and time again with the suicides is, once you're gone, there's no one there that's gonna step in and, and be your voice. Once you're gone, that's it. You know, how are we going to win?
1: So this will be the final clip I play from this interview. And then I am going to follow it up with a comment she made back in November of 2021 at a press conference. And think about that. That was a year and a half ago. Think about the words that she says there. Bree, who just went through horrific adverse reactions and was ready to commit suicide. They're talking about suicide here in this clip. But let her life, as as I posted this on social media, I said, here's a stunning example of the hell the injured have faced and the heroism of using that hell to fight for life. This is someone who's gone from the depths of despair, planning her suicide to say I need to stay to fight. She battles every day to have the energy to do that along with all the vaccine injured. There are great people like her who are injured, thousands of them trying to do this. And for those of us who are healthy, for those of us who can we have to be their advocate, that we have to let the world know the hell that is going on and be
0: aware of the forces that are silencing these voices. The majority of the people that do complete suicide in the COVID vaccine injury world, they do not have supportive family. Like I remember waking up every single day and it's still to this day, I wake up every single morning to this electrical surging through my body. That's what greets me every morning. And it was hard to cope with that, it was hard to learn to live with that, right? So I wanted to be done and I had a plan, um, and I, you know, wrote goodbye letters to my kids. Sorry. It took a long time to be able to evolve from my life is wrecked, it sucks, to what it is now, which is I need to fight, I need to stick with it. it, doesn't matter how bad this gets, I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure that my body's, that my life means something and that my kids, I'm there for my kids. Here's
1: a final clip from Brie back from November, 2021. And no, again, the horror and the tragedy of it all.
0: I'd like to finish with a letter from a friend. Brie, I cannot take this any longer. This has taken everything away from me. My career, my family, my life. My body will not stop attacking itself, and this is beyond the worst amount of torture. They have further erased my very existence. Please accept my apologies. I must bid farewell to this world. Please tell our stories. Please make sure the world knows the cruelty that has been imposed upon us. Goodbye, my dear friend. I will see you on the flip side. Rochelle Walensky, Janet Woodcock, Peter Marks, Anthony Fauci. You erased her and the many others like her. Their blood is on your hands. You cannot bring my friends back, but you can save others from their fate if you finally just tell the truth.
1: I don't know. I think horror and tragedy pretty much sums up the first part of this podcast episode. And now we'll move into the second part where you're going to hear the testimonies given before the FDA meeting. And, well, let's just begin. The FDA vaccine advisors recommended last week to standardize the COVID-19 vaccine, making them all bivalent. And that was from the 21 members of the Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. So they approve that, and what i want like to do is I would like to share with you testimony that they heard right before they approved that. It, it's really shocking. The FDA is very, very aware of these injuries, and it's really important that people understand the devastation that is happening to the injured and the reality that our government agencies know all this and continue to silence it and censor it. So let's get started here with the first testimonies here from the meeting last Thursday.
2: This first one is Carrie O'Neill. ...stays and a cascade of doctor and specialist visits. With symptoms multiplying by the day, it was affirmed I was having a severe reaction to the Moderna booster. I soon had a team of specialists in cardiology, neurology, rheumatology gastroenterology, hematology, immunology, infectious disease, and POTS, who are all treating patients suffering from COVID vaccine injury. Each are considered top in their field in Los Angeles, California, and their practices span across Cedars-Sinai, UCLA, and St. John's hospitals. They surmise the COVID vaccine can trigger the autonomic nervous system, which can lasso in just about every other system in the body. My symptoms list goes like this. Dysautonomia to include nausea, Tachycardia, arrhythmia, pericardial effusion, cardiac edema, chest pain, dizziness, neuropathies, fasciculations, pulsatile and tonal tinnitus, internal jolts and vibrations, adrenaline dumps, a blood clot, low blood pressure, burning eyes, sinus pressure, inappetence, severe pain in my neck, back, torso, hips, legs, joints, bones, and Achilles tendons. I still wake, not knowing what symptoms will be lurking. They continue to come in waves, and while many have waned, several linger and affect my day-to-day living. I worry about what lasting damage has been done to my body. My specialists state the number of people experiencing vaccine side effects is larger than as reported, and symptoms ranging from mild to catastrophic are not rare. COVID vaccine injury symptoms are straightforward and at this point should raise a bright red flag to doctors in their diagnoses. It is well past time to acknowledge these risks. This next
1: one is from Justin Prince.
3: Before the vaccine, I was a healthy musician, able to work with my hands without limitation. Now at 29, I cannot pursue my passion without being in pain or even work a full-time job I tested false positive for HIV six times over 103 days, which my doctor determined was a direct result from the vaccine. I've been to the ER 14 times and more doctor's visits since the shot my entire life combined I'm an empty shell of my former self, and I often wish the vaccine took me out the day I received it, as opposed to having zero quality life and struggling to survive because the government doesn't compensate for vaccine damages or fund studies to treat them. I no longer have any dreams to pursue. My only objective is just trying to stay alive and endure these vaccine damages. I encourage you to hear our cries for help as if we were family. Would you still abandon this? then? Thank you.
1: This next one is a bit longer. And I've heard this. I've heard Danielle speak on other forums. And it's absolutely tragic what has happened to her. You'll be able to hear in her voice. She can't even really talk right anymore uh, because of the damage that's been done. So
4: here is Danielle. Our real in June of 2021, I reluctantly received the Pfizer injection after being coerced by my former employer. I had a 17 year career as a certified in hospice palliative care registered nurse that I loved and was part of my identity. I had a fall within 12 hours of of receiving the second injection. 24 hours later, my symptoms progressed, and I sought care at the ER agonizing and pain in my right injected arm. It radiated into my face, causing me to scream out in pain. I asked if this was a direct result of the injection, but because of the safe and effective narrative, I didn't get the care that I needed And I was dismissed within 30 minutes without answers. By the end of July, I was hospitalized, unable to readily walk, muscle spasms contorting my body and. constant excruciating pain and the humiliation of losing my bowel and bladder function. My immune system attacked my spinal cord and I was diagnosed with transverse myelitis. My physician documented this as a direct result of the shot. My family is unable to plan events because I don't know what I can tolerate each day. Will the spasm be so bad I can't even rest in bed or will I be in such unbearable pain I can't have human touch? Even speaking is hard because of the damage done. I willingly, unwillingly traded being a caregiver for medical equipment, receiving care in bed sores. We are in financial ruins because, ironically, I took the shot to keep the career that I loved and I no longer have. I submitted a VAERS report as well as a MedWatch on August 4th, 2021. My fears report disappeared from the system and I heard nothing from the FDA. Is it because you... Take your marching orders from Pfizer or Big Pharma. Will you continue to pretend I, we the vaccine injured don't exist? The only thing more humiliating to lose my bodily function is your complete disregard for the vaccine injured. Shame on every single one of you. My former employer doesn't care. My CDC doesn't care. And it seems my FDA certainly doesn't
1: care. Folks, this has got to stop.
5: My name is Angie Wyatt Blueford, a 49-year-old mom of two living in Wilmington, North Carolina. The beginning of 2021, I was in the best shape of my life, enjoying power tools, projects, and food. On April 15th, 2021, I gladly took my second Moderna vaccine to protect my family. My life has not been the same since. The next morning, I woke up in a lead suit that gets heavier depending on weather, what I've done, or just for the hell of it. The migraines, excruciating head pressure, and bone pain rob me of the smile that once graced my face. Along with the shortness of breath, fatigue, and cognitive issues, I'm forced to take my second leave of absence from work in 13 months. I've been denied short-term disability, taken loans from our 401k, withdrawals from life insurance policy, and wrapped up tens and thousands of dollars in medical bills. Managing my symptoms has a affected my ability to be a great mom, wife, and employee. My body is a shell of what it once was, and my mind not far behind. Imagine waking up every day not knowing what your body can or cannot do, and it's all because you thought you were doing the right thing, per the CDC's website as of yesterday, and I quote, the mRNA from the vaccines is broken down within a few days after the vaccination and discarded from the body, end quote. I have test results showing the spike protein was still present and wreaking havoc in my body 603 days after my last Moderna vaccine, and I've never had COVID. No words can articulate the physical and mental anguish endured in almost two years, yet I'm a fortunate one. I'm alive, I'm fighting my fight along with other far more injured to ensure no more lives are impacted or lost. Please hear us and help us. There should be an extension from one year to three years to file claims through the CICP. The suppression of data and gaslighting prevents those impacted from finding doctors to listen. In addition, I ask you to immediately stop administering vaccines until further research is completed and the public has true informed consent.
1: Folks, this this is just a, a, a tiny. This is just a small, tiny little voice of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are injured. I have heard you can, if you're on Twitter, there are Twitter spaces that are held, and there's usually a host, and you know you can have as many people that want to join. It can be you know 50 people, it can be five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand people, and then uh, as people play the recording, you can have a couple hundred thousand who actually listen in, and. You hear the most unbelievably tragic stories and, and what makes it so unbelievably difficult that our government agencies have known this for a very long time and have kept it from the American people. And the censorship that all the media has done has been absolutely staggering, the other note I'd like to make here is again and again and again you hear the vaccine injured saying either their VAERS report has disappeared or that their doctor never filed it. And then what happens is that you have a year, a year to file it, I believe, and after that you can't file it. So if you find out after the fact that your doctor never did, you're out of luck. One other story I want to discuss, this was this was incredibly tragic. Last week, Elon Musk had made the comment that he had had major side effects from one of his boosters. He needed it to fly. And then he also said that his cousin, who was young and in peak health, had had a serious case of myocarditis after the vaccine. In response to that, Angelia DeSalle posted a video of her saying, this is me after one dose of Pfizer on 1-5-2021. I was a very healthy 45-year-old who managed a surgery center. Two years later, I'm still having major issues. And this is her. She's in the hospital room and she's literally shaking. She can hardly walk. And there are other videos of her just like in her bed shaking. And I have heard her speak um, where she was actually in her bed. The nurses had to hold her down because of the shaking. Well, the responses that she received from making, in, in response to Elon's tweet, were horrific, absolutely horrific, saying that she was a liar. I happened to see her post two years ago, a couple days after it happened, her son was also tweeting, "Say, hey, has anybody heard this? Is this was happening to my mom?" And I, I had put it in my post, and of course was it was censored off. It was crazy to me because here I had taken a screenshot of the video, I had put it in my post, and then when I went in to edit it, somehow on on my web page, it was it was, there was this note that said, "This is false." I'm like. How is this happening? And again, this led to me being taken off YouTube and Vimeo and everything else. this this lady is very real. Cheryl Atkinson did a whole investigative article on her showing all her records and I just hope she sues this one out this was just last week in Rolling Stone, the Daily Mail. All of these news agencies saying this was false. And then Duolingo, the um, foreign language app, did this meme of like this green square shaking saying, oh, make sure you know where you're getting correct information. They never even checked. This is the hell of the vaccine injured. She's been suffering for two years and the world is making fun of her and major news organizations are saying she's lying and Duolingo is making memes of her. This is so wrong. I will put all the information again in the show notes and you can see it's all, it's all verified, everything that's happened to her. And this is what the world knows. This is what the vaccine injured are up against. What are you going to do with this information? If you're a journalist, what are you going to do with it? If you're a lawmaker, I'm sending this to senators and congressmen, and I'm sending this to doctors. What are you going to do with this information now that you've heard it? You cannot simply walk away from it. All of us should have a sinking feeling in our gut that is telling us something is horribly wrong catastrophically wrong but that should motivate us and encourage us to make it right for all of you do the right thing get this information known if you're in a position within a legislator start asking for investigations start passing laws to make sure this never happens again if you are a reporter, get, it, get the story out there. If you're a doctor, make sure that you are notifying everyone within your profession. Every single listener of this podcast can make a difference just by sharing it out. So please bring to light what has been hidden
0: in the darkness so these people can be helped. How are we going to win? We're going to win by we, the people, stepping up and not accepting this situation that we're in. We, the people, have to step forward and demand better from our elected officials, from the pharmaceutical companies, and um, and from the media. And so until we generate a public outcry from the ground up, policy will not shift the pressure will not be applied and they will come back and they without question will do the same thing to people again under the sake of emergency they'll just wait for the next emergency to appear
1: thank you so much for joining us today be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links discussed in today's episode until next time may you be a fortifier to the world around you